Welcome to Atlas, the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society. Hi guys, Georgia here. This recording isn't from our weekly regular programming, but instead taken from the Myers Facebook live stream of our semester two O-Week Coffee and Chill. Uh, Myers regularly holds coffee and chill sessions throughout the year where members can join uh, other Myers members or just other uni students for a casual chat about politics and global news, uh, but also just regular uni and other fun stuff. Sometimes we're even joined by an international relations expert and get a chance to talk to them in a more casual setting. Uh, For example, in the past, we've been joined by US Consul General Michael Klein and former Australian Youth Representative to the UN, Kareem Al Ansari. Keep an eye out for future Myers Coffee and Chills where you can join in. In this live stream, I'm joined by Ryan, Hammer, Pravind, Sabina, Ashia, Francesco and Michelle as we discuss the latest in mask fashion, the US election, the age of criminal responsibility and Joaquin Phoenix. Hope you enjoy. So hello to everyone watching. We were originally supposed to go via Zoom for this coffee and chill, but we also thought that we would live stream it and show you guys, you know, what a normal Myers event or a social event would look like. Uh, we're joined by Communications Officer Georgia, Vice President Hammer, and Officer Prav. Um, welcome, guys. Do you want to maybe say something to introduce yourselves? You guys can go. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, I, I'm Georgia. I'm communications officer. I'm doing. I'm studying global studies. Um, um, love and lockdown. Not really. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Prav Hammer. Introduce yourself to everybody <laughs> watching on Facebook. We've Hi. never done a live stream before, so this is new for us. But Hi, yeah, you, hi the internet. It's your boy <laughs> Prav here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an academic officer. I'm studying biomedical science in my last semester. Um, I thought this was a test run or something, so I've seemed to stumbled in, <laughs> stumbled accidentally into this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like my name's on the screen, I think hopefully you guys can see that. Um, but as Ryan said, I am the Vice President of Myers. Um, this is actually my second year at Myers, so I was previously the Socials Officer, so it's kind of like cool to get back into like the social part of like <laughs> this a little bit and do like a coffee and chill event. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so for everybody watching, you can see on the wrong way, oh god, I can't even do it. Um, so, um, <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm the president. Um, this is my third year being on the committee. I was vice president twice and I was IT officer. Um, and I'm in or heading into my final year of my law degree. So it's quite Ooh. scary in the big, scary world out there. But the purpose of today's event is, you know, to show you guys what MICE is about, get you guys talking about things you're interested in um, and join us. And for today's event and you know talk about whatever you want but you know it's especially important that this is since this is o-week and it's an o-week like no other since we are in lockdown um but it's good we actually had time to plan this o-week unlike 
last one, which was cancelled the day before, um, unfortunately due to lockdowns. Um, it, it, it's like a surreal experience when you organise an event and then it's sort of just, you know, it gets cancelled at the last minute, isn't it? I know it's a lot for that over here. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because we came through, we ended up actually having more events than we did last year in SEM1, which is actually pretty impressive, I would say, given the circumstances. So I guess, like, thanks to everyone that joined and I guess thanks to the team, I guess, for, like, being pretty productive. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're actually joined with somebody, so I'm going to add them to the live stream. Hi, Sab. Hi, hey, Sab. You're muted. Sab, you muted. Sab, you muted. I said hi. Um, I'm Sabina. People just call me Sab. Um, I don't know how many people I'm speaking to because I can only see a few people, like Brian, Prav, Hammer, and Georgia. So I'm not too sure how many people I'm speaking to. But for anyone who's here, I hope you've had a good start to this event um and then like you enjoy and find out more anything that you want to find out from us i guess yeah, yeah. so just a reminder to all of you if you want to join us in this chat you know bring a cup of coffee along bring something you want to talk about and click the link in the comments for the video as well actually i forgot my cup of coffee i can't believe it um like you know the one thing we're subscribing um but i forgot it I have um, boost downstairs. you have what downstairs a boost a boost did you uber yeah. eat the chocolate bar no no we did no, i went to the supermarket like, there's one at the supermarket wait, i'm confused but yeah no, no, he meant to drink he meant to drink a drink? drink yeah oh like the a boost the juice, juice yeah, right in the chocolate juice <laughs> Oh, that makes We're sense. We've so been through so much. I'm sorry, no other flavor compares to Mango Magic in my Same. I love Mango Magic. Mango Magic. We're back. I've so much money this year. Not on because I haven't been on campus like buying a boost every second day. Like it's saving so much money. It's. I think the one upside of lockdown is we're not spending our money going out eating at restaurants and you know getting takeout. I don't know. I don't know. I overeat a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true as well. Um, so I thought to get us started, you know, and we sort of do this when we do our radio shows as well, um, which there'll be news coming out in the next few weeks about that. You know, just some, some things that have been fascinating you that you've seen in the media or, you know, something you heard that you're quite shocked at. Um, so... I thought I'd start us off and I'm going to start off with the obvious, I'm going to start off with, you know, the obvious and, you know, there's been coronavirus, but I thought we'll turn a bit of a twist on it. And it's just in regards to everything that's been happening in the United States um, and the back and forth there. Um, originally they were saying, you know, you don't need to wear a mask. Now you have to wear a mask. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about like the mixed rhetoric? You think people are honestly getting confused now, or 
Man, I'm confused and I'm not even there. I feel like it should be pretty self-explanatory, like to the people there. Like I think I like common sense is just sort of like wear a mask anyway. I think that's the general. Most people sort of should realize that now. But in terms of like the laws and stuff, like I'm like every day. Anytime I try and read up on what's going on in the US, I'm just so confused. <laughs> no, I um. Well, I think. Somebody told me a few uh, weeks ago when when Donald Trump was saying he was originally, this was a joke, somebody was saying that he didn't want people wearing masks until his custom presidential mask was um, ordered and brought to him. I don't know if you've seen it. He's got, like, this mask and it's got the presidential seal on the side. Um, I like the one that um, Macron wore. Did you see that one? No, what Emmanuel was that? Macron, the French president. Yeah, it was from, like, months ago. But he had a similar one. It was, like, this very, like... I don't know. It was very fancy and it had a little French flag on it and it looked really nice. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be such huge fashion statements now. They'll be such they a really too late. They already are huge fashion statements. Like every brand has one now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like a it's like a what do you call it? Uh, I don't know, train or something. It's like everyone's getting on it. <laughs> you get our own Myers branded ones. <laughs> Yeah, somebody already brought that up to me, and you know, I'm all for the branding stuff like cufflinks, lapel pin. We've got the t shirts, we've got the banner. I don't think we'll do a face mask unless you like lives and breathes mice. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is all part of the Mayas trip, right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Um, yeah, no, but no, if anybody wants a Mayas face mask, put it in the comments. (laughs) So, we have a comment from Devin. He says, Ryan, when are you becoming the monarch of Mayas? No there already comment. is. Too late. <laughs> we just need to suspend elections and then we it's over. Well, I like, am I more like a constitutional one or an absolute one? Actually, don't answer that. Um, don't, don't answer that question. Um, I think Devin's been mentioning this for since I've met him or since we, like, discussed, you know, monarchy and... Every time I like, he brings up the comment, Ryan, when are you going to become the monarch of this? Um, and when I used to run Pivot, he did the same thing. I think he asked a similar question if I was going to become the monarch of Pivot, which I think would be the first time in history a publication has a monarch. Um, <laughs> but kudos, Devin. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a monarch, it would be quite a nice role to have. I don't think anybody here would mind it, would you guys? I don't know. Um, I don't know if you want that responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I'm not about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would rather just be, I don't know, like a peasant. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I just like, no. I don't know. Oh, just don't know. Water position, Tab. Water positions you got to pick. <laughs> uh, like, you could do like Napoleon III, you know. He went, he went from being president to emperor, president, president to life to emperor. It's such a, I don't know, a nice way to accelerate, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know if you'd want to do that exactly. I don't think people would like that anymore, but still. Um, actually, I was watching this 
interview um, in the morning when I woke up and it was Donald Trump and he was saying how he felt it was important to get a cognitive test. I don't know if anybody oh, saw that. Yes. Yeah, um, I, don't, was, I, don't, I just don't listen to Donald Trump anymore. I'm just, yeah, I don't yeah, know. It was quite. An, it was actually quite an interest. Like, there's been a lot. Not not the test and not the interview, but it's been an interesting discussion. Saying whether our, you know, elected officials, you know, there's not like a lot of tests are. You know, if you've got citizenship, if you're a certain age, um, if you're resident, for example, they're like the markers. Should there be like a cognitive test before somebody become um, enters elected office? That's just like an interesting discussion. What What do you guys think? Do you think? There should be that or not really or i mean it gets into a I very mean, weird sort of yeah. bio ethics where it's like we we i mean the closest has to take people's away at the moment right if you can't if you don't meet a certain standard they can you can deregister from the voter role like i know that because i i deal with that on my workplace so it's a very weird sort of yeah but like what's what's like how like Okay, like how impaired does your does your does your cognition need to be before you start stripping away, you know, citizenship rights, right? No, no, not for citizenship rights, but you know, having yeah, but, somebody I mean, as as a citizen, my right is yeah, and vote. But you know, we also do it. You know, we have limitations on you know if people committed a felony, even under you know contract, you know, contract law and other and other private laws um there are limitations if a person has a mental impairment or something like that should that be extended to for example public office too you know a lot of people thought that um richard nick not richard nixon what i'm saying ronald reagan you know in his final days had a lot of in, um had an impairment um supposedly richard nixon's own cabinet um or i think it was his defense secretary said do not let him push the button for a nuclear weapon without telling me first because they thought he was unstable to some extent. So, like, do you think maybe it's important to look at that nowadays and now that we know a lot more compared to, you know, when a lot of our constitutions and rules were drafted? Like, it, it's it's quite an interesting discussion, but I don't know, you know. Like it, are you saying, like, a cognitive test or something? Yeah. Yeah, so am I... I think good. Okay, I feel like I'm like conspiracy. But wouldn't you like? What if who like who's making these tests? Like, what if yeah. the people making the tests, you know, have like an agenda and they're just like purposely putting, um, you know, making it look like you're like not fit to run a country? Isn't that what happened to like? Okay, this is like my very very bad like. Having some democratic candidate doing it. Or like no, like in, in back in the day, like uh, what's called in Germany, didn't somebody like I don't know. This is like I, mean, I visited a castle when I went to Europe. <laughs> is it <laughs> bad? I know, but like um, I don't know. He was deemed fit for like not that he was deemed unfit to rule a country, but then like they never actually did a proper test or like you know. I mean, like back then, I guess like you could really do it. But like in that mm. same kind of thing, I feel like it depends on who who is kind of administering that test if that makes sense it's the same way as like i think the argument for like um when you do like adoption and all that kind of stuff people say like oh you know like a test on whether you're fit to be a parent like that kind of stuff it's that same thing like who what if there's bias, bias. In that? so mm, yeah. that's such a good i feel like 
Yeah, I think too, the other thing is like this particular cognitive test is not like an IQ test, even though like IQ tests have their own problem. Like if you're um, doing your own research into that, like that's, yeah, problematic. But I feel like even like this specific one that Donald Trump was doing was like to measure like if you've got like something specifically wrong with you, it wasn't like a, a measure of like placing you like on a scorecard of like this is how smart you are, like you have this is saying you've you know actually got something wrong with you which i feel like is not the right way to do it anyway i don't think i don't think that it should happen at all but like i yeah i don't think you can have like an unbiased test in that way and i think what hammer says is right it can be very easily be manipulated like, yeah it, um i think it's gonna it would be so questionable there'd be so many debates about it and then there'll be questions whether the test was validly done and if the practitioner had any you know bias or political affiliation, just so many questions to it. Um, just a shout out from Centino. Uh, this is great, guys, enjoying the discussion. Thank you, Centino. <laughs> but you guys should check out the interview. Actually, have a look, actually, watch the interview um, because he was trying to explain the questions. And actually, there's this funny podcast, um, but I also listened to this morning and they were just and they were commenting on each bit of the interview. But yeah. What I'll send the. I'll share the link afterwards. Share the link. I can't remember. No Ryan said no free cloud for that podcast. He's not even giving another shout out. No shout out. It's like terrible. <laughs> I can't remember the name. It's just like I randomly go and search something up and watch it. Like, I won't even. I, I'll just search like a keyword. Like no, 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 no. You have to pay Ryan. He's a very important. <laughs> no, but I believe it. Like it's the, it's the premium content we talked about. Yeah. Like um, no, clearly. You know, I was going to say other news. Listen, I have nothing to say about this topic, but um, I was told on the Facebook Live description that what what was the wording from? Um, I don't know something about Kanye's. <laughs> let's get to Kanye. Let's go to Kanye. Yeah, let's go to Kanye. Well. Um, do you have thoughts? Share. Are you? Wait. Are you a Kanye fan? First off, that's an important question. Music personality. No, I don't know like why, but I'm becoming. I'm increasingly becoming a Kanye fan. Like right now. Like I don't know why, but the worst time possible. He was gonna run a trend. <laughs> Yeah, like honestly, if you go, I went on my YouTube um, recommendations or whatever, and it was all Kanye's legacy, Kanye this, Kanye that, Kanye, 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 Kanye. Um, and I don't know, I don't obviously, I don't uh, support him as a presidential um, candidate. Candidate, yeah, but I don't know, <laughs> he's funny. He's so funny. You, Ryan, um, I was going to say, did you see, like, um, I don't know, tweets that he was having during, I think it was during a manic episode that he was having? I, I feel I feel bad for the, I feel bad for him in a way because yeah. if he actually does have, you know, mental, if he actually does have mental issues, you know, we, we need, like, we need to recognise And I think, um, I think Kim Kardashian put it on, was it Instagram? You know, the message saying, you know, he had issues. And I think he's realised that as well because he did apologise. I think he's apologised now and 
Um, he's apologised for the way he treated his wife for what he said about her. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I do not keep up to date with this. But I feel I you sort of... Don't keep up with the Kardashians? Yeah, I do not keep up with any of the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> we have another question, by the way, guys. It's from Devin. He says, what will your thoughts be if Trump wins again in November? Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> it probably will happen, but I don't yeah. like to think about it. It, it won't happen. Probably, it won't happen. I'm so confident. I'll put. Really? I'll pay. I'll, I'll donate a hundred bucks to the Red Cross. I'm saying yeah. it right here. If Donald Trump win. Well, in in um in 2015 at the the UK elections, the former leader of the Liberal Democrats, which was the third party, said he would eat his hat if his party lost so many seats. Anyway, they they his party lost. I think 50 of their 60 seats, something like that. So, Prav, don't make bets that, you know. Biden is winning by, in a lot of states, by 10 points. Even Texas now is a, technically a toss-up, right? Texas, like the bastion, like what do you call it? Uh, Texas was Bellwether, a The bellwether seat for the Republicans is up for, up for grabs, potentially. This was a toss-up in 2016 from That's some a, who said Clinton could have won it? But I think I think the really important thing, just quickly, is how quickly the cycle can change. And we've been learning that over the last few years. You know, cycles have been changing so quickly, especially with social media. So I think it's really hard to make a prediction. The current trajectory looks like he Biden will win, and no president has been this down ever and won and retained the White House at this period. But you know, there's still the conventions to come. I don't know what are your guys' thoughts? You know, things can I think things can change quickly. It can change, but I think I think Trump has just made a hash. I think Trump has just made a hash of the Hulk. Look, I always feel bad for the guy because I reckon had he asked me six months ago at the start of 2020, I would have said he just would have won because America was basically running on autopilot. But obviously, coronavirus switched that autopilot off, and now they're in a bit of a bit of a mess. And Again, if Trump had handled the coronavirus well, he would have swam right straight into the White House, but he obviously mucked it up. Right. I'm just going to welcome someone to our live stream um, and a member of our marketing team. So, Hi, how's it going? Good. Yeah. What an interesting conversation. I was having so much fun just listening to that. <laughs> would you like to tell us your thoughts? Um, I agree with what Prof said about coronavirus messing everything up for him but i'm not sure i feel very bad for him i think it's just what he deserves it's <laughs> his time coming let's just go let's get it over with let's forget these four years move on with our rest of our lives sorry next question somebody has a question thoughts about What's biden yeah i was gonna say what are biden's one, policies can I say one quick thing just about yeah. world leaders. You have to feel bad for any world leader during COVID or any government or any politician. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, you know, they had all these plans and they've just been thrown in the air. But that's the, a wider thing is everybody suffered due to COVID. Yeah. So, you know, no one was sent. I mean, I my, feel bad what's it yeah. called? Trump's photo when, like, no one showed up to his, like, rally thing. That was pretty sad. But also, my, I like, my, yeah, yeah, I had a bit of a party, honestly. <laughs> yeah, my personal opinion is that COVID crisis like handles any US president administration, I reckon, probably, having been handled like this. Regardless, like, even if you know, 
Uh, are so we gonna discuss yeah. Biden? Like, what are oh, what? Yeah. I guess hmm. I, I'm gonna say, what are the tangible differences? Honestly, like, I know it's What's his policies? I don't even know his policies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to, you know what? I'm actually going to search up. I don't know what his policy promises are. Not Medicare for all. That's that's the thing I do know. That's not his policy, I don't think. Is it? No, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's like that's the only like significant thing is that. This sort of comes back to like a wider issue. And it's that we think about the individual, but we don't think about the policy anymore. And we're not thinking about policy as much. And, you know, it takes a really dedicated person to read like a party's manifesto or their policy outline. You know, Trump and a lot of people want, will vote for Biden because they want to get rid of Trump. Um, and a lot of people, and essentially that's what happened in 2016 as well. You saw one party had policies and one party didn't have policies and it's arguable they both they both had policies but one was more anti-trump and then you had and then you had the trump campaign try to reverse a lot of obama's policies but a lot of people just looked at the individual themselves and it's what we it's sort of what we call charismatic leader links is what we call charismatic leadership you know mm -hmm. individual, not about the substance which is quite sad and I no. also think it's not less about anti-Trump, and but it's also more about like being that sort of like moderate and like incorporating as much and trying to get that voter base. And that, that includes being anti-Trump, but it also is trying to, at the same time as being the Democratic leader, is incorporating um, as many like Trump voters or like Republicans who don't like Trump and things like that and get trying to get them to vote. And I think that affects it too. Yeah. And that then no. policy becomes a bit like... Dem no, I was going to quickly say, it, with Biden, it's quite interesting because he's respected by both sides of politics, unlike any, like the last person who really had that was John McCain when he ran in 2008. Hmm. But Biden's respected by both sides. And when he finished as president in 2016 and go on YouTube and watch this, the Senate actually gave him, like they gave him this, they did a session thanking him for all his work. And they said, you know, you made friends with both sides. You've made friends with us. We've been able to work with you. You know, that's going to haunt the Republicans in 2020 because he's going to say, well, you know, they actually admitted that I'm somebody they can work with. And that, that, that large appeal that, you know, you were saying, you know, he can work with anyone. Or but he hasn't. I also think there's a, there's, there's a bit of an issue on that from, you know, more like left wing I think that's going to be interesting because I think it was the same problem with Hillary and I think um Biden there's a, even a bit more of an issue of like not maybe um like pleasing as many of those because he's going like trying to win over that Republican the normal like Trump people who could be Trump voters like it's sometimes leaves out people which I think was a bit of the issue with Hillary and I worry is an issue here, but we'll see. Hopefully not. Yeah, sorry, Prab, what were you saying? I, I mean, I was about, and Georgia basically said it anyway. It's that Biden has appealed to like so many camps, essentially, like the left of his party, the center, where he stands, the center, the swing, and even moderate Republicans to try to get as many people in as possible, essentially. And that's a, that's a tough job, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. If you appeal to one side, you, you alienate another. Yeah, it's hard to know what the best way to do that is. While still made actually having a policy. Hmm. Um, Let's see who his VP will be. 
we'll see who we get, who he picks, and who he wants to try and appeal to that he's not currently appealing to. Um, which is actually a question I ask the people in the um, I ask the pivot writers. Um, I've asked them twice now. I asked them over a month ago, and I asked them last night. Um, and you know, if you're a pivot writer listening to this, please do that. <laughs> um, but I think we've got another question in the chat. Um, one from Michelle and one from Devin. I go to Michelle's question. What do you guys mm -hmm. think about Coa? Um, not national cabinet now. Yeah, the national cabinet not wanting to raise the age of criminal responsibility for kids. Okay, I actually do not know too much about this. What do you guys know about this? I thought they were considering it. Did they reject it? They rejected um, it. They postponed it. They're going to discuss yeah. it next year. Oh, okay. Which I think yeah. basically means like we don't care like, enough. They were so yeah. the, basically they wanted to raise the um, age which they 14. could like criminalize kids from ten to fourteen because currently like you can be ten and you know be punished. For crimes and people tried were trying to get and i think a big part of the issue was that you know obviously it's like disproportionately mm. indigenous people in australia um and i think that's a big part of the issue but also just like 10 year olds shouldn't be yeah. put in jail like, like what's the efficacy of that i'm just thinking like genuinely i i don't know i'm just trying to think of uh like even if you're thinking about a national kind of response to some like issue i guess of juvenile crime like how effective is it because i guess we are we all know um so wait before i start what what is the punishment i guess um the age of criminal responsibility as in like what is the it's like prison sorry guys we already know that that's not effective i'm just so, gonna have um, a school live stream writing someone else yeah, and I hope it doesn't cut anyone out because I think it might be only six people. Ooh. If it does, yeah, uh, I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, let's so we'll go. finish off this and then we'll do a switch around with a few people. And I might take myself off and put you guys. Um, but yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so I think the thing is like, so children as young as ten can be charged with a criminal offence, and then they can end up um, going to prison. Yeah, it depends. It depends what like um like punishment they get like it could be like different mm. things but you'd like mm. youth prison was obviously part of that yeah i don't know like what what is the effect like how effective that is i guess um there must be like a study or something about it somewhere right yeah. I, I, i'm gonna assume putting kids in jail at 10 is not gonna do it's probably just gonna make things worse but um, that's I think it's like pretty well. Surely it's like pretty well known at this point that um, what's most effective is, um, I guess, community work, because that that fulfills more of the um, the aims of um, sanctions for mm. um, crimes. Um, I guess, yeah. I just think, honestly, I just think at this point there needs to be more um, reform within the community if the uh, statewide, nationwide um, uh, reform can't be achieved, and obviously there are issues of like um, overriding authority by the state government or um, national government. Um, mm. But I just honestly think it's more effective if and more intensive when you focus on um, the individuals in the community and then helping. Rehabil uh, helping them achieve rehabilitation rather than prison, which we already know has a really, really high recidivism rate. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, feel, I think, think though, with 
criminal responsibility. It's not just, you know, going into prison. It's yeah. Criminal responsibility means that they can actually be brought before the court. They can have rehabilitation yeah. orders. You know, they know right or wrong, right? That's a, that's a philosophical yeah. yeah. But um, I think the issue is that the UN pretty much recommends that um, the age that should be 12 and above. Mm. And so, yeah, 14 now. Middle ground. Is this in 14? I thought it a while ago it was 12, but I'm not sure. They did a report last year and they said 14. Okay. So I think Michelle commented. Yeah, she did a definition there. Yeah. 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 With over policing rather than legal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it is obviously help if the legal aid change, like that makes it easier for it to stop, but like the root of the problem is over policing. Mm. Yeah. So what's the what's the major what's the I mean it seems like a pretty open and shut case. Why why is this who like what's the what who's, who's arguing that ten year olds should be in jail? That's a yeah. who's, who's arguing that a national cabinet then? <laughs> or was it put off because they maybe I, I don't know the rationale for it so somebody please comment why they didn't do it but is it because maybe the national because it would be a substantial um change in the war and I they feel like Michelle should join us I feel like yeah Michelle join us the best for radio like <laughs> um we've got a question we've got um a follow on from the thoughts about Biden question and message says um, they were trying to get up um, going to crime um, criminal law. What does it mean for America and more specifically for his campaign? Um, I think that means recently, you know, criminal justice and things like that. Um, well, I, I was, you know, reading last night because his VP picks coming out next week and it's something I'm really keen to be following just because VP picks were always in a shroud of mystery. And if he essentially picks Kamala Harris, he will be going to that, you know, crime and justice sort of pathway because she was the former Attorney General for California. So she was in charge essentially of all of that. Biden said he's known her for years because his son used to work with her because he was an Attorney General as well. Um, I think if he's picked, that would be an interesting question. But he's his administration, if he is elected, will have huge questions, you know, how they look at reforms, especially everything that's happened since Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think? Well, he's come out saying, like, I've, maybe it's just a sound bite that's out of context, but I thought I saw, he said, like, he's going to always keep funding to the police, whatever that means at a federal level, the same, essentially. Hasn't he? He had, yeah. He, he's come out in support, at least. Yeah. I think this goes back to his policy as well. He's more moderate, you know, than we think. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see much radical change after Joe, President Joe Biden. This will go back. His presidency will go back to what was coined as normalcy. And actually, little fun fact, normalcy was first used, I believe, in the 1920 election um, US presidential campaign by Warren Harding. Forgive me if I'm wrong. And he got bagged for using the word normals and saying he was uneducated because it wasn't a real word. Um, sorry, a little side note, but maybe, you know, we're replicating exactly what might be happening 100 years ago. Um, unfortunately for Harding, he actually died in office. 
So hopefully that, you know, if Biden gets elected, that does not happen. Um, but, yeah, sorry to go grim on that one. What do you all think about criminal justice, though, in that, you know, the challenges that will be coming up for us? I mean, I think, like, obviously, I think America clearly, like, more than, like, I think Australia too, but America in particular need a lot of change to happen to their criminal justice system. If anyone's interested, this is sort of, like, random shout-out. And, I mean, it's not giving them money. It's just giving them ad stuff. So, Ryan, please don't kill me. But you should all go on you and you can YouTube it. It's all free. Most of it's on YouTube. Um, the Adam ruins everything on the American um, oh. Yeah, he, he's prison system. He does like a series of like, um, yeah, so it's Adam ruins everything and it like goes into detail of like oh, that, yeah, how yeah. the prison system works and all the flaws with it. And I think it's really interesting and like you can learn a lot from it. And like obviously it's not entirely the same, like we don't have quite the same system in Australia, but it just brings up a lot of the issues with that. And like obviously that's more prison than like, you know, directly on crime and police and things like that, but that's a good start. Um, and like obviously do like other research as well. But, um, yeah, it's very flawed and I think mm. it definitely needs to change and I don't think, I think you need someone who's, I don't think after Trump, like a, a, someone like Biden who like wants to go back to that normalcy is going to do anything like too like radical to change these sort of problems. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But... I mean, I've from as well oh. and he said, Biden will return to more presidential style of leadership that people complain Trump is not, but it won't be radical, but very much an Obama-style administration building up the resources under Obama. I think that will also be really key to see who he picks in a cabinet, you know, who, is, who we will pick, because a lot of commentators have been saying, you know, Susan Rice, who's who is considering for VP, is somebody who is considering because she was an Obama official and she'd been there for the entire Obama administration. She was national security advisor. She was ambassador to the United Nations. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, you know, who we bring along. Because if it's Obama officials, we'll be replicating the Obama era. We'll be kind yeah. of replicating. Mm. Um, and now he said the biggest impact will be the courts. I actually, I think he should, Frankie, if you want to come on, um, and maybe tell us your thoughts. Send a, um, maybe send a link to Frankie somehow. I think, I believe. If you want to find it. Yeah, it should be in the comments. Yeah. I'll comment it again. <laughs> but, um, you know, digressing from the United States, um, because I think we're all focusing on an election year. Um, there are other things happening in the world, you know. Is the only time this election? Say that again, really Terry. Is you understand this election? Yeah, of course. You're right. Thank you. Um, you know, I saw, you know, there are other elections too happening. New Zealand is having one. Singapore uh, had one. What was that? Singapore had Singapore one. Had they unveiled yeah. their cabinet, didn't they, Prav? Hmm? They just unveiled their cabinet, didn't they? Singapore. I think so. I don't know. I, I just watched the election. It was boring. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Hi, Francesco. Hi, Frankie. Hello. Frankie. Hello. Hello. How are we all? <laughs> got my got Hello. my little coffee ready to participate. <laughs> Am I the only one that forgot a drink? Because I'm really yeah. ticked now. Yes. Yeah. 
ashamed. Ryan, you called this a coffee and chill event. I don't, I don't know what you missed in the memo. Mate. Mate. It was pretty clear, Mate. I thought. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I th- I'm the only one that forgot something. Um, I, I feel really stupid now. Anyway, um, Frankie, you've put a few comments. Do you want to maybe elaborate on them? Yeah, sure. I think I think although Biden isn't anything radical and he's not very exciting, he might not have as energised a base or as, you know, um, adventurous a policy platform as Bernie did and maybe what a lot of younger people, more progressive thinkers like, I think he does have merit. Despite it's like just a normalcy, despite it's like, well, he's just not Trump. I think that goes a long way because if you look at one of the biggest, at least legacy points that Trump will leave behind, it is stacking a lot of federal courts with more conservative judges. So that is if you appeal something, even before it gets to the Supreme Court, chances of things even, you know, chances of progressive um, movements in legislation by the courts is is being, you know, diminished by the day with Trump in power. The biggest impact Biden will have and a Biden administration will have is trying to reverse that trend or minimise it. You know, you've got... Um, uh, Justice Ruth and a few of those more prominent justices who are more progressive, who are, you know, in their 80s, in their 90s. Who knows how much longer they'll be around. Hello, Michelle. Um, and when they do eventually pass away, if if Trump is there and he can have his way, he will replace those Supreme Court justices with more conservative judges. And, you know, already it's got a conservative leaning, but we saw that um, they still allowed for the definition of sex to include you know, transgender and non-binary people. They still protected the DACA Act for dreamers. Um, and Trump didn't like that. He said, the Supreme Court doesn't like me. So, you know, you can have a sure bet that if this man is re-elected, he will make sure that whoever he replaces, um, especially those more older uh, progressive judges, he will make sure that those people will not stand for these sort of progressive uh, points that he considers them. You know, so I think if anything, Biden, yes, he's not exciting, but I think for people who have doubts about him, I think they're missing a major point, which is if you want anything really done on a judicial level, then Biden is really your only hope at this point. Trump is not really someone you'd want in power. Well, I think. Like, sorry, go for it. You go. I was going to say, um, well, there's been a lot of commentary now that Chief Justice Roberts, who was seen as a conservative, is now a swing vote on the Supreme hmm. Court. And I think there was an article I was reading that was published yesterday saying he strikes again and conservatives should be furious because he's been doing that recently. Um, so, you know, it might be like Trump will have at least one probably appointment in the next you know, term if he is elected and he's already had two. So it's been quite major. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like a long-term impact. It's not just about during Trump's term. Like once a Chief Justice is appointed, you know, like that's something right. that affects, even if we get someone after Trump, what he's done so far, the appointments he's made, that has a lasting impact. Yeah. Now we've actually got Michelle here as well. Um, yes. Who's, who, hey, Michelle. In just Hello. Then. Hi, Michelle. So, Michelle, you Hi. raised a question about criminal responsibility. Do you want to maybe tell us your thoughts on it? Yeah. So um, uh, if you guys don't know about it, currently there's a campaign to raise the criminal age of responsibility from 10 to 14, and I heard you guys were discussing this. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting because it's starting to gain momentum because the Council of Attorney Generals, which is like a meeting of all the state's attorneys generals, they come and discuss law reform and things like that. It was held on Monday, and essentially this campaign was gearing up to 
pressure the attorney generals to essentially reform this law. But um, the meeting was held on Monday and they haven't decided to, you know, increase the age of criminal responsibility. So um, obviously we're just going to keep on campaigning with it. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting because um, I believe the official UN like rights of child, the, the convention says 14 years old should be like the minimum age people should have criminal responsibility. And Australia, I believe, Australia is the only country where the, has, it like, Australia is the only country with the lowest age, like below 10. Oh, sorry, below 14, from what I know. So like, for example, even China, their age of criminal responsibility is 14. So that's what a lot of people have been quite upset about. Um, you know, just have like, imagine being 10 years old and being incarcerated in prison. Or like Ryan said, you know, being presented at court um and like we all know this predominantly affects you know indigenous australians and marginalized communities like um you know like the south sudanese community where there's a lot of i guess issues with like migration and like young people being involved with like the police and things like that so i, I think it's 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 a it's interesting because um in the last few months especially with like black lives matter and stuff it's a poignant time in i would say australian activism where it's up to, I guess, young people to really push or pressure the government into making changes, um, especially with, like, all the activism that's been happening over the last few months. But I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about it? I think we already talked about it, but... <laughs> yeah, this I'm not fully over this story because I know in Victoria the criminal age of responsibility is 14, so is this a federal change? Is this a federal crime, or is what 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 will this be yeah. exactly? Okay, yeah. and is that then up to the states to implement, or is that more like so, a pressuring of the states to implement this? Yes. So it'll have to be implemented by all the states separately, wouldn't it? Well, it's it's I guess it's for the states to reform. So I'm guessing that other states don't have the same like 14 years old minimum age requirement. Yeah, so that's why there's the meeting of attorney generals so all the states can come and talk about it. But I'm guessing like they haven't agreed on increasing the age. That's why everyone's a bit okay. like pissed. Even if Victoria does have the minimum age of 14, that's not what, it, that's not the issue at hand necessarily. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, yeah, it just goes away. I'm just trying to get a better grasp of that's all. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Like we were saying before, what's what's the reasoning for keeping it at ten? Like, what's the argument they're having? Yeah, what was it? I I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, what's the reasoning? So I'm just having a look at the Wikipedia. So everywhere in Australia, there's like this thing called Dolly Incapax. Yeah, so Dolly Incapax is that you know age of understanding. So that's where they get the age of responsibility. Yeah. So they say ten to ten to fourteenth every everywhere in Australia, every jurisdiction. I think it depends on the law. It also depends on the law itself. There are exceptions for things like murder, manslaughter, where the mm -hmm. age is. Um, but, you know, this also raises, because th there's sort of, that's really odd for me to say, but it goes to a wider age discussion as well. You know, we're also, we also look at, you know, reducing the age for certain things like the right to vote, you know, whether you can drink up, purchase alcohol, um, and other things like that. And then we're looking at increasing the age of health. And there's a lot of arguments saying that, you know, with social media um, mm. and, you know, 
education when maturing at a younger age. Um, and that was one line of argument. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the issue, but it's sort of like a mixed thing as well. You know, some mm-hmm. people want to reduce the age, but with Dolly and Capax as well, I think the distinction as to the law is still important as well. You know, it might be certain laws need certain provisions, and we already we do reflect that in Australia already. But that's probably something that the state governments and the federal government needs to take into account. But they yeah. um, but the state governments can cede their power to the federal government to make the law. Um, mm. I don't think they would, I, but they can. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because a lot of people like I I understand the point of the campaign being you know, the criminal age of 10 is terrible. But at the same time, a lot of these reasons why young people end up in jail is because of over-policing. And you can definitely see it with, like, what happened with the lockdown towers in the public housing. Like, 500 police for, like, two, three towers, that's that that's over, That's the definition of over-policing. And I'm, it's... it's Sorry? I'm going to bring Hammer back in for a moment as well. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I can, I'm going to leave if that's... If you... Oh. There okay. you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like, the definition of over policing is the public housing lockdown and the government, state government's response to that. That shows that, like, the government doesn't necessarily know what to do with these communities. And I think that's something that the government really needs to address because it's a lot, it's, it's something that will play on people's minds when Dan Andrews gets elected or, like, when he goes to election again. You know, like, oh, I'm not going to vote for him because he treated all these marginalised communities bad. Um, and, you know, most of these people who live in these towers are from war torn um, or, you know, over-police states. And by over-policing them, you're just traumatising them further to that time when they were in that country. So I don't know. I, I think it, the Raise the Age campaign is it's still a good campaign, but I don't necessarily think it addresses the issue, which is over-policing. I think Hammer's just sent through an article which actually says yeah. uh, reasons mm. for it to remain at 10. Hammer, what does it mainly summarise the reason? Um, so basically they're saying then they're yet to con- be convinced. So the, I, they're kind of saying that if there's a move to raise the age of criminal responsibility, they have to. we also have to have that argument as to what what's the alternative for children at that age who are subject to the criminal justice process, if that makes sense. So you can't just say like, point blank like oh they won't have any kind of responsibility but what what kind mm. of implications are they right. um, they also use like an example of like a 13 year old committing a rape for example and like how that would like mm. how that would um affect like i guess the whole movement and stuff because like again i think what ryan was saying with the different law uh, sorry different crimes might potentially you need different age um age requirements stuff like that so yeah interesting I think it is an actually amazing point that you raised because I was thinking about it myself. I'm like, sure, it's great to have, you know, the the age risen to 14, but if you do rob something or if you do stab someone or, as you said, rape someone, there's got to be something in place there. You can't just be like, oh, well, you're just a kid, so, you know, see you later. There's got to be something there that maybe it's not, you know, throw you in jail and let you rot in a cell, but there's got to be some sort of, yeah, rehabilitation or counselling, social service, even if it's like community service, Something which mm. which clearly highlights that whatever you've done is wrong, but also tries to address the root of the problem. Not because you know, obviously there's a reason why this child has done this, right? Maybe they they don't mm. have a, a support um, system at home like other people have. Maybe you know they've they've experienced some extreme trauma, whatever it might be. 
Um, but something which tries to address the, the root cause of the problem whilst they're still young, whilst their brains are still sort of, sort of maturing and forming and they're still quite impressionable and able to learn rather than we'll throw them in a cell, let them become set in their ways and then it just becomes a cycle throughout their lives and then hopefully as an adult they sort themselves out. Um, mm. Yeah, could, a lot of issues to, to really cover. Yeah. You could look at it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was going to just quickly, reform sentencing law instead and, you know, the guidelines in which, you know, you look at age specifics and they already do have that in regards to a lot of guidelines, you know, taking into account the age of the person, their likelihood for rehabilitation, their understanding of it. They're things that need to be considered, but you could reinforce them for younger people instead of changing mm. the age. Sorry, Michelle. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, it's interesting because, like, in first year or in second year, I did a unit on, like, in criminal in criminal called criminal justice and I wrote a paper particularly about like policing and multicultural communities so um it's interesting to reflect back to like the Black Lives Matter movement a lot of people were saying like defund the police and stuff and move those resources into other types of policing or like not policing but like community resources that would help stop this type of crimes being committed and I think that's something definitely you know Australia Australia needs to look at like not necessarily like defunding the police but moving resources from traditional policing to more things like community policing for example I know in um, Western Australia they're implementing a program for Indigenous young Indigenous people under the age of 17 or no or young indigenous people like at a really young age like 18 19 to work in the police force in that community where they're from so it's not just like bringing, you know, Caucasian police people from like the metropolitan into the rural areas. It's educating and training those, you know, indigenous, young indigenous people who are part of that community where all these issues exist and actually telling them like, oh, you know, what you're doing is not right. And, you know, ensuring that they use the right, you know, cultural um, mechanisms in place to, you know, help these young people reform essentially. Because it's, it, it, it's kind of like sometimes... You, these people don't necessarily understand what they did wrong because no one's actually told them that they they're doing what they're doing is wrong because it's so common, you know, back in their country or you know, it, culturally it's been accepted. So yeah, I definitely think there needs to be like a reform in some sort of like police tactics and things like that. Now, uh, the progress has already been achieved in in some of those areas, although minor. I know yeah. I, I was watching an ABC report not long ago about in uh, I think it was the Northern Territory, how a few young Indigenous people have become part of the police force. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of the older sort of non-Indigenous people um, who work alongside these young Indigenous, you know, males and females, they say, you know, mm -hmm. the impact that these people have, like they just instantly calm whoever we're going to police. They understand the culture. They understand the upbringing. They can communicate with these people in a way which we will just never relate. They teach us things. Mm. We're learning so much from these people. Like these are people in their 60s who've been police officers their whole lives and they're saying this person who's been here for like a year is teaching them so much that they didn't know about how to do their job. So I think, you know, really trying to bring these people in, really educating about sort of cultural sensitivities or mm. just trying to get a better understanding of who you're actually policing can go a long way. Yeah, and I think, I think just oh sorry, go ahead. No, go for it, please. Oh, I was just saying, like I think I read an article like a while ago that after the public housing lockdown, like debacle kind of came through. The 
government or the state government was going to fund some cultural sensitivity program at the at Victoria Police or something. And that like really surprised me because I was thinking, why wouldn't the police already like why didn't they have this originally? Like why does yeah. why does the government need to fund another cultural sensitivity mm. um program? Like I, I'm assuming as a police officer you would already have that sort of training, but I don't know, it's just a bit weird. It seems a bit weird to me. I was gonna say we've got a few minutes left to go. Um when we used to do our when we used to do the radio show, um Michelle and Frankie and Hannah, you'll remember this, we used to say like some funny stories we had read. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking if any of you had any funny stories you wanted to bring up, I was going to start with this odd one, and it's actually about a man named Harry Harris, who's the U.S. ambassador to South Korea, and he was actually supposed to be in Australia. He was supposed to be posted here until he got posted there. Um, he shaved off his moustache because it was controversial because South Koreans were getting offended by it because it reminded them of Japanese colonial rule. So there's this photo. <laughs> so there are these. Photos like of him with the, his mustache shaved off because he didn't want to offend people anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, That's I was amazing. wondering if you had any funny stories or little bits you wanted to bring up in our last few minutes to leave all the people here with you know a bit of a laugh. Funny stories. I don't really have. I mean, I have a very cool story from the air, but it's not very funny. I don't think so. But. Um, I thought it was very, I, I sent it to you guys. Um, I sent it in the group. It was the age about the Spanish flu and how Melbourne reacted to it a hundred years ago. Mm. I thought it was a very well-written article about like, and the parallels between like, um, like what we're doing now and what happened a hundred years ago. It's really, it's really well researched. Um, if you seek it out, I can't remember who wrote it or not. Um, but I just, it, from some, for me, because I'm obviously in that sort of area, it's just interesting that despite all the advances we've had with technology and all the all the progress we've made, we're still going back to the same old systems we were 100 years ago to combat this invisible enemy. I've got a, another odd story, and this one's from America again. And it's this lady, and she started with a hairpin, and she kept trading it, and she ended up with a minivan. And I don't know if you oh, any of I, I saw that. Like white yeah. in the office. Yeah, that's I thought right. I was thinking, you know, if we go to her with she wants to get a house, but I was thinking, you know, if we go with some magic legume, as you know, Jim calls yes. it. <laughs> we'll end up with her minivan or something. Oh that's all um, right. She wants to house. This, uh... <clears throat> Sorry, no, um, I, oh, sorry. No, I saw this. I sent this to Hammer and Harini before, but it was, I legitimately thought this was an Onion article because listen, this is the title of the BBC News. Oh, Ukraine wait. hostages. Wait, this is the title of the article. Ukraine hostages freed after President Zelensky plugs Joaquin Phoenix film. What? Wow. Yeah, because apparently no, that was like yeah. a hostage. There was like a hostage situation or something, and then like. The president of like Ukraine came in, and then he literally, um, um, the the like the hostage. What's what's the guy? The guy who holds the hostages was like, um, I demand the president to say like this line from this Joaquin Phoenix film, and then the president did it, and then the hostages were released. Wow! <laughs> if you hold hostage, surely you would want to get some more out of that. I don't know. <laughs> it's you'd hope, you'd hope. The, Joker, the Joker would actually yeah. do something like that. Wouldn't he? Yeah, he it's so weird because like 
Right, like the line is everyone should watch the 2005 film Earthlings and then the hostages were released. So, it's like that. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to share maybe, maybe a story we could all relate to during this time, whether it's the people on the call or just people watching. Uh, a British MP, John Nicholson. He was in the mid middle of a parliamentary committee and his cat interrupted him on Zoom, walked right oh. in front of the camera oh, yeah. whilst he was talking. So there you go, something which probably some of us... I like that happens to so many people. <laughs> the one with the, the presenter and his kids came in and the mum came barging in after them. Yeah. On the North, North, North Korean expert. Classic. You know, we, you know they, I think a lot of presenters just need to embrace it. You know, Jimmy Kimmel... You know, he actually has his kids on the show. Yeah. yeah. That sort of, like, saves, you know, them just randomly walking in while he's taping it or something. I think his daughter does the intro, doesn't she? Mm. They all have, that's, like, their kids, like, draw, like, the sim like, their logo. It's so cute. I think there's, like, something very cathartic seeing, like, these well-produced, produ like, TV hosts, like, back at home, like trying to do stuff as a webcam, for instance. It's funny. I know it's funny in an odd way, I think. Yeah. It's funny to think I that think... then broadcasted on TV as well. Like it's not just yeah. like, mm, <laughs> okay, I can put it on TV. I think it's just like, you know, these people we see as like super professional and then we watch them do dumb things on TV and say, hey, they're just like me. They're like not as perfect, you know. <laughs> like I have a cat that can walk across my screen too, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're still rich. They're still rich, but... <laughs> And they've got pretty nice, like, really nice setups. Like Colbert, I don't know where if like whereabouts in his house, but he's got a great background. And same with Kimmel's. I know it's his kitchen, but geez, that looks like a looks like a good kitchen. Oh, and John Krasinski, he does that like YouTube like web hosting thing. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. So good. Not hosting it, and he won't host the new one. Sold it. Yeah, he sold it. They're gonna make it a proper show now. But he sold his own. So yeah, he's not going to be presenting it. What? No. Yeah. So he won't present it. So he sold it, and supposedly he's not going to be presenting it. Oh, oh wow. no! That's that, that, the whole point is that John Krasinski is really together. funny. I don't, I, I don't understand what made that show good. Yeah, exactly. I, like, they did the office reunion. I'm like, yeah. thank God they did it, and they did the wedding scene too, which you know oh, just yeah. made it better. Oh. Um. Look, we've come to the end because it's two past two, so we've gone a bit over time. But, um, look, we've got a few events coming up. We've got our booth on tomorrow, yeah, so there's details in our Facebook event for that. On Friday, we've got the booth again, but we've also got an academic overview event, um, which perhaps our academics officer, so he'll be talking about everything we're doing this semester. Um so come along to that. We'll be live. I think we'll be live streaming that as well. Just need to double check and make sure everything goes okay. But next week we have a trivia night um, online due to COVID, um, and we'll be playing a few fun few little games in the middle of it. Um, and we also have some really good speakers lined up. Um, so we've got the Fiji High Commissioner, um, Prabs organised. Uh, Dr. Williams, who's our... I just got information that we're all good, so it's <laughs> August 27th. So we've got that coming up. We've got a US election event with a political scientist coming up in early September. Um, and then we've got Munash, and we've got some MUN training, some social events, but then we've got Munash as well, which happens at the end of September, which details will come out for that shortly. Um, but look, thanks, guys, for tuning in and for 
just having coffee and chilling with us. Thanks to everybody on the live stream as well. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully we see you all soon. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Atlas. Atlas is the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society, or MIAS. MIAS is an apolitical student society at Monash University, Clayton, that works towards establishing a network for students passionate about international affairs and relations. To become a member to get access to MIAS perks and events, such as our Model United Nation workshops, our roundtables featuring experienced diplomats, and our fun social events, go to portal.msa.monash.edu. Sign in, go to Buy Club Membership, select Myas, and fill out your personal details. You can follow Myas on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all of which are linked in the description, or visit our website at myas.org.au. If you have a question from today's episode, or are interested in appearing on a future episode, please send an email to communications at myas.org.au. Thanks for listening. See you next time.